Hey everybody, and welcome back to another episode of our podcast, Night and Moon. I am Tanner Knight, and joined with me, as always, is my lovely and talented wife, Gabriela Luna Knight. Hello. Hello. And joined with us this evening are Jack and Smokey. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I guess we'll just come right out and spill the news in that Max has gone to another ethereal plane yes he is cancer progressed to the point where he was just suffering too badly so we made the hard decision to take him to the vet and they agreed it was time to let him go yes he passed away this last memorial day labor day he passed away this last labor day Mm -hmm. and he is greatly missed yes greatly missed so we'll have more max related content later Uh, i'm sure we'll do some sort of tribute as we love that hound probably more than most people love most animals but (laughs) well who knows (laughs) but um in the meantime he did inspire a lot of music that's out now path of the familiars is tan's new album and i'll link that down on our show notes so you can listen to it yeah i'm pretty excited about this album we spent I don't know, the greater part of six months thinking about how the animals would sound and what they would sound like or what instruments they might play. And the album kind of plays on their own personalities and characteristics. Mm -hmm. And then we had fun one day trying to get their paws on paper to (laughs) do the artwork. So if you look at the artwork that shows up, is actually prints of their paws, and their paws were dirty for days. <laughs> dirty for days. But it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, as you can imagine, we're pretty heartbroken about the loss of Max. So, I think we'll leave it at that and plan more Max related content in the future. But this episode, we have a different topic that we wanted to cover. And it is quiet quitting. Quiet quitting. So is that just like, I quit. I quit. Did you hear me? ASMR, I'm quitting. Well, when they said, when I first heard it, I thought it was, they just walk away and never come back. Just like, leave all your shit. Job abandonment, (laughs) which is, I mean, I left all my shit there because of the pandemic on my old job. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that (laughs) as well. But I kind of envisioned that as well. Just like, that's it. My... I'm out. I'm not telling anybody. I'm just going to yeah. hit the bricks. But but that's that's actually not what it is, we discovered. It's actually not even quitting. <laughs> that's true. It It's kind of the opposite of quitting. Uh, did you want to read the actual Urban Dictionary definition? From techtarget.com, quiet quitting is the latest workplace buzzword. Now, although it sounds like it refers to someone resigning from their position, it describes a rebellion against the hustle culture of going above and beyond what the job requires. So you stay in your position, but you just give a little less. Is that the general gist of it? So that's what, see, this is where I'm seeing the disconnect and I don't get it because they're not giving a little less. They're just giving up to the point to fulfill their job requirements. So I just don't see what the, like to me here, that's where this discussion ends. Um, I don't understand why there's more, why we're even entertaining 
oh, I don't go. Yeah, of course I don't go above and beyond, bitch. Like it's after the pandemic. We're done with that <laughs> shit. That's done. I love your attitude. That's my attitude. Let's and stop the, the episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's it. Episode over. No, I, I think that you have to take into account the alternate perspective, which is like it mentioned, the, the old hustle culture, which I hate. I think hustle culture is one of those ways to keep people too busy to actually look at their own self and possibly do some self-improvement and just keep keep people distracted on things and money and materialism and listen i'm not going to say hustling is bad or working hard is bad i will never say that because i do believe in the value of hard work but i think that a lot of these corporate cultures and just kind of the whole previous generations at large starting with the boomers and their parents and then the Gen Xers who kind of took it in a different direction, only working in kind of a non-labor type situation, more of a, a thinking man's type type endeavor, but still giving way more of yourself to the job than is probably healthy. And that's or needed or needed. Yeah. And that's become accepted as part of that culture. And breaking away from that is rubbing the people who have really spent a lot of time investing in that the wrong way i think yes i think there's many many factors factors that contributed to all this crazy hustle culture but obviously media and tv representing women as strong working hard-working women has maybe tainted it a little bit like okay does she really need to because like look at all those rom-coms there it's like always a woman that's like giving all of herself to her job and trying to have it all and trying to have it all <laughs> but she just can't she just can't but she's giving all her life to her job yeah and one go i mean i used to have three jobs before i even met you before pandemic i was one of those people <laughs> so and i loved it i loved my jobs every single so that's another thing it's not that i'm not considering people who love their job and i'm not saying don't work all I'm saying is, why are we expected to have our jobs be our life when we're only supposed to work 40 hours a week? Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know how it's evolved beyond the point where 40 hours a week is enough, but it seems as though employers across the board are asking more of their employees or asking them to do more with less and accept less doing it, which I think is a shitty precedent to set but it's it's been sliding in that direction for decades now mm -hmm. i guess and who's who's gonna halt the momentum now yeah i don't know it's well i mean with this happening i think a lot of like random jobs or you know easy to do jobs have been sent over to overseas to be done by other countries so there are consequences mm -hmm. to quiet quitting that might involve outsourcing yes and you know we don't really have any hard data to back this up or like this happened here at this company but the logical leaps my data is the conversation we overheard at the event <laughs> <laughs> which we'll get to but the logical leaps you can make are pretty obvious here and mm -hmm. that's that's what we're trying to do is that yes if you're going to continue working at a job and maybe deliver less production that's going to affect something and that might in turn result in that company saying, you know what, we could get better production 
in a country like India or Indonesia. And therefore, your job could get outsourced. But it almost seems like in some cases or for how it's been described and what the videos, the few videos we've watched, um, it's almost not so much that people are reducing their performance. They're not reducing their performance. They're not reducing what they're doing and the work they do. They are just not doing any extra work. Mm -hmm. yeah. Some people are able to handle so many different tasks and the amount of time they have and they're done with that. Like they, they know how to handle that, but they're not eager to add any more. And I think that's healthy to me. I, yeah, I have I, yeah. zero problems with that. I still don't see where the problem is. Like, <laughs> like you, you're asking for people and, and you're asking for people to work way, way more for, like you said, way less money. And then benefits are being cut too. It's not like they're not. And you know? in inflation makes the money that you earn less valuable. Mm -hmm. So everything is working against the working man and woman in this scenario. And I I think it's about damn time <laughs> that we've so, uh, soft or quiet quit, I guess, quiet quit. And I just think that's the wrong term for this. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's kind of a misleading term. And we need, we as a culture as a people would be much happier if we all collectively decided that 40 hours a week was still too much. Let's, let's stop at 35 hours a week yeah. and say, go ahead and do what you need to do in those 35 hours as a worker, whatever it is. And, uh, I would love to see the result of productivity because I know, I, for bet that would. I know for a fact, and here's my background. I work in an office currently. I, try to avoid going in as much as possible and work from home just because I feel like I can be just as productive, mm -hmm. if not more productive at home. But it's it's kind of not part of the culture of the company and I have to be there. And I'm, it's something that I'm not entirely crazy about. And, you know, I have to, to be there. And there are times when I myself am like, okay, I've got to fill this time that I've chosen to be at the office to appear that I'm being productive when in reality I've accomplished everything I've needed to accomplish for the day, but I end up wasting this time and not just me. I don't want to tattle on anybody, but if I look around the office, I hear an awful lot of chatter about fantasy football and all <laughs> kinds of other garbage that has no bearing on the bottom line. And you know, to me, that's like wasted resources it's wasted time from those employees and it's time that could have been spent on other things but just the nature of an office job kind of forces you into that mentality and you have to like find ways not to be abused yeah that's true and with the comment on fantasy football i mean there people have very short conversations when it comes to that. And it's almost like no time is wasted when people talk <laughs> about fantasy football in the office. I just don't know why you're game. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Those. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I've seen actual in my, not in your workplace, but where I used to work in the past, I've seen people like they fill out like sheets and I've seen people come out and like gather bets on on the fantasy football like isn't that like the game fantasy football is sort of like a, i don't i actually don't know what it is <laughs> why are we getting into it well this is neither the time nor the place but either way i can tell you that fantasy football does not make 
a company more productive. No. And it's one way in which I, I see a lot of men at least waste their time at the office instead of contributing to actual productivity. And in a way, I don't blame them. It's like, hey, no one is barking down their neck. <laughs> They're getting their stuff done. Yeah. That's all there is to it. And I think when you couple that kind of lack of clarity from maybe like a manager and they come down hard on you for doing something like that, then that would really make you want to soft quit even quiet quit even harder for doing it's just that what what it sounds like to me what's really happening or what's going to end up happening is that it's not quiet quitting it's really quiet getting fired because <laughs> yeah that's really what the company is saying uh, an employee is not saying i am going to quiet quit or it's not something that in a term that seems like an employee made up. It's a term that a company made up saying like you are basically quitting because yeah. you're not giving enough time extra. This time. is happening to us. We need to figure out how to deal with quiet quitting. Uh-huh. And and what's going to happen is that they're quietly going to take our jobs overseas or wherever yeah. whoever can do them, you know, faster and without complaining. Well, I do think an upset workforce in a country is a bad situation yeah. for you know just civil things and civil unrest and when workers feel like they're being exploited yeah they speak up these days and rightly so i i don't think anybody should be exploited by a company to basically sacrifice their time or their life for some other profit and yes, of course, we all make our own money off of these companies and have our own bottom lines. But the proportions of our work that we do as individuals versus what the people at the top receive from that work is so out of proportion. Yeah, it's it's true. They really do. And, you know, another thing, uh, speaking of the people on the top, I remember when I had a, just my regular old job. I had to get permission from those people at the top to to have a secondary job. Uh, so just so, so you this is why I'm saying uh, the expectation is way higher than what you even than what people are saying. Like I remember when I worked at a plain ass call center, I had to get permission to make sure that I wasn't working at a competing financial uh, institution or anything. But even that, like like people where I used to work were not allowed to be real estate agents on the side either. So there's just so many things that I understand because it's conflict of interest. But just myself as a yoga teacher, I had to get that approval from <laughs> like a, a vice president from my department or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I guess in full disclosure for non for non usual listeners, Gabby has not quietly quit but actually quit when was it december yeah it was december 22nd of 2021 i think so the corporate mantle is no longer upon her shoulders and you know i i just i have such a hard time justifying spending as much time as you have to at any job even if you love it and i want to talk about the concept of a dream job here in a second but any job, if it requires more of your time than you spend with the p 
people and animals that you love, your family, then that trade-off is just too much for me. Yeah. And a lot of people these days, and I, I think that's where it's coming to a head. Yes, because the pandemic allowed a lot of people to spend time with their loved ones. But the way I see this trend heading is that it's going to change a lot. I think it's going to change the jobs that are going to be able to be sourced out of here. They're going to be sourced out of here. And then I think that what's what I see the bigger changes coming is in the fast food industry and the workers there. And maybe more people will end up working there or maybe even retail (laughs) or something. I, I don't know. I think fast food is going to get robotized quicker than a lot of places. And I think McDonald's has already proven that, their robotic cashiers and maybe even the robotic hamburger slingers are just as effective at serving people shitty food as alive people shit then what are we going to do education <laughs> I, I don't know well that what kind of that jobs <laughs> it raises the question what is what is your dream job what would you say you would call your dream job whenever i was asked that question it was kind of like It's so weird, right? It's such a weird question because what do you dream of doing for the rest of your life? It's like something you can't even answer when you're a kid or even now. (laughs) It's such a stupid question. Well, even though it is a stupid question, though, I think at one point I've told you I wanted to be a scientist. Well, before I disagree with you there, you also told me you wanted to be a barista. Is that just because you wanted to make uh, your own coffee? I thought you meant like a child oh okay so yeah you're as a child gabby you wanted to be a scientist yes and, and i didn't even know what that meant and pour things into test tubes yes and wear a lab coat yes <laughs> that would be miserable for me now like i'd be so cold i know that <laughs> i would freezing ass labs <laughs> they, <laughs> they don't turn up the heat in those places no no i would hate it <laughs> and it's not like you can probably sn- not sneak in a, a heating device <laughs> I don't think. I just have to wear my parka. Yeah, you'd have to parka up. It's just not the job for me. Well, it sci- didn't work out. Scientists didn't pan out for little Gabby. That's okay mm-hmm. though. What yeah. What about as kind of more adult Gabby? What would you say you saw as your dream job when you were starting your working life? Like psychology. Really? Yes. Well, I guess you did go to school for that, right? Yes, a little bit. And do you still feel a tie towards psychology? Well, the the funny thing is that when I was going to psychology and to psychology school, what <laughs> to classes and I was taking psychology classes, I've told you before, I don't I don't think I've talked about it in the podcast, but I did tell you before that I had a teacher that was like really based in Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of made it kind of clear in the way that he was talking to me that the psychology stuff that he was teaching was not really that important. And that the Buddhist principle was way more important. He would really try to weave it in a lot. And I would just like love his classes. And from there, it just kind of, it just didn't feel like finishing that would get me anywhere. Well, do you ever picture yourself or did you picture yourself sitting people down on the couch Mm -hmm. and saying, tell me what's wrong? Yes. (laughs) It was something that I thought about, but... You know, in in all reality and after doing self-assessments and, you know, just the meditation in life and whatever, talking about your problems as psychology kind of instructs you to do it in certain 
cases. Not always. I mean, there's many different ways and things with therapy. But I guess, I don't know. I just, it didn't seem like it was the right path for me. I think that there's other people that are much better at doing that and continuing to discuss and, you know, kind of break down a problem for people. But to me, it just didn't seem like the thing I wanted to continue to do. But well, I do think that that is a very important job and a lot of people need to do that. Yeah, that's true. And it's probably very difficult. I've never mm-hmm. actually considered it myself, but your whole job would be to sift through people's problems and mm-hmm. try to make heads or tails of it. Yeah, but I guess, and I don't think that people practice in this way, but I think in the classes that I was taking, it just kind of didn't seem like there were, it was a lot of focus on getting over issues or stuff like that. It was more of a, well, let's talk and let's continue to talk. And and it just, it's starting, it started to get murky for me with the Buddhist principle that was being introduced and when I would focus on the Buddhist principle it was just so much more clearer to me that I just that was very definitive to me that psychology although it's great I don't want to if I'm going to spend my life learning I want to spend my life learning something like deep deeply important to me yeah and I think that's that's a really smart way to not expend educational capital because I, I don't know, I often think about my career in music and I wouldn't trade it for anything or my experience as a musician, but my training is very specific as a classical musician and opera singer. And I spent a lot of educational capital towards that goal and it didn't pan out that way. And I, I did not quite quit. I loudly quit (laughs) and that definitely shaped who I am and but the question was that was your dream job so that's what you dreamt of doing you literally dreamt of just being on stage for the rest of your life when you were a kid yeah I guess that's true Mm -hmm. and I don't know if it was just a more general like entertainment type thing or if it was literally being on stage performing in front of people in one way, shape or form. And in all honesty, that's where I feel most at home is on a stage performing something. And yeah, I encourage it. (laughs) Thank you. It doesn't really matter what it is at this point. And the simpler, the better (laughs) at this point, (laughs) but I enjoy it. And it's where I feel the most at home. And I do still, I guess, to this day, dream of a situation in which I could be well compensated for making music. And, of course, I'm going to strive towards it. I still am. I have lots of music that I continue to work on to this day, but it's definitely a hobby and still a dream (laughs) and not a job. Yeah, it's still something though, like yours seems like much more focused and like it was always focused. I think we both were always focused at just like, there's just, we're trying to figure out what we're wanting to do still. Like with me now taking this death doula course, I think it's kind of like, it's, it's almost like a, 
I'll be able to sit with people when they're ready to deal because there's no more time. Like, I don't want to spend years talking about, you know, how my mom used to leave the dishes and then just like, <laughs> I have been like that to myself. Yeah. I don't, I, I want to be, and I want to sit with people who are ready to like really, you know, they're just on their last breath. And, and I think that that will be the important work that I do in my life. And I think for you, you are trying to figure out how to have your music you know, become just as important. And, and it is, you know, like the way that you're making it now, it, it touches so many more people. <laughs> Hopefully. I like that people get to hear what I'm up to. And, you know, if it conjures up images for them, then all the better. It really is an experience, especially this last one that he released. I would recommend listening with headphones and just kind of letting your imagination run wild yeah see what comes up maybe like a meditative experience or something yeah and i guess at this point what i would consider my true dream job is where my lifestyle is my job mm -hmm. and that includes creating music this podcast mm -hmm. creating other art and other artistic projects and now that you're getting more into the visual art aspect. Yes. Like there's so much to do and help promote there. So there's all kinds of things that I would love to start paying us. You know, there there is a dream job I always had that I never really told anyone. And then it became podcasting. But when I was young and I would hear people on the radio, <laughs> I would think, oh, that girl sounds so freaking cool. I wish <laughs> I would sound like that smooth and like the way that they would talk, you know, like just the, off what the are cuff. they called? They're DJs, right? So, yeah, yeah. they're just re like really fast and really professional talkers. Uh -huh. They're really professional at talking and stuff. <laughs> and they and, sound like this. Yeah. Let's talk about the weather. Well, it was more like a younger girl giving, like, um, like a younger girl with the newer music. Yeah. The teeny bop. <laughs> and stuff. it was en español as well. Yeah, it was like in Mexico. I heard that it always... a few times. But I always thought that was fun. And look at look at us now. I mean, I'm doing it. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I kind of am doing something related that was a dream job <laughs> of mine. Yeah, it is a privilege that we are able to do this podcast at mm -hmm. this point, and it's a joy, so hopefully other other people find joy in it, and I think that joy is infectious. <laughs> Probably not the best word, but, oh. you know, it spreads. <laughs> it spreads. What? <laughs> Maybe I'll just compare it to butter. It's like warm butter. Oh. It just spreads over warm toast. Butter. Smokey loves to steal butter <laughs> and so does jack oh gosh <laughs> yeah yeah jackie uh update on jack so he has new beds <laughs> and when we started this episode Smokey sat on his new bed or laid down on his new bed and, right in the center uh-huh but fully expecting to share i think he was ready maybe not i don't know and so he whined the whole first part of this episode and now at the end, or now over here, he's he's all on his own and he's on his new bed. He made it. He made it. 
Moki left. He doesn't care. And he looks super cute. But I was looking up Bailey and there is a few different signs of quiet quitting. So it's a little more than what, what I was thinking it was, actually. Yeah, I'd like to hear some kind of real world accumulated signs that <laughs> you're quiet quitting or you are a quiet quitter. So, yeah, this actually is more of doing uh, more of starting to do less. So it's like not attending meetings. Which... So, OK, let's let's talk <laughs> about this. Wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not attending meetings, I think, goes a bit overboard. That's that's beyond quiet quitting. That's kind of loud quitting to me. Like if you're like shirking a little bit of responsibility here and there is one thing. Maybe if there's like 40 people on the meeting and you'll get lost in the shuffle, I could barely see it. But I don't know. I don't I think that that's a pretty noticeable move. And maybe that that is the point to get noticed, not participating. No, like literally the last three years, I did not go to any meetings. <laughs> and it's just because I was I was stuck doing a job that no one else was doing. And I had my specific times, you know, and I was allowed to come in really, really early and leave really, really early as well. So I would just not show up to any meetings. So I guess, uh, let's see. Maybe I did quite quit. Let's see here <laughs> before I actually quit. Hold All on. All right. So let's, let's go on the next. All right. The next one is arriving late or leaving early. So, yeah, I think that that's probably one of the things that my generation and younger people will demand or are demanding is the fact that we don't want to start our work shift at nine and no. end at five. I don't want to work at eight and end at four. Like I, I end up doing that <laughs> just because it works out that way. But I want the ability to go in at 11 if I want to. And if, if my work schedule, workload or calendar allows it, no one should be breathing down my throat about it. And I guess I, I probably have that luxury. No one's going to really give me shit at this point, but I think that a culture, a work culture that forces you to come in at a certain time and leave at a certain time is so restrictive and one that will cause resentment amongst just the employees who have to devote that kind of time to this this job. Yeah, and then there's the the difference between the ones that are able to leave early and then there's the ones who who have like an hourly schedule who can't leave at all. Like yeah. you're talking sort of like, okay, well I sort of have a time to come in and not because you don't have to clock in and out. You're right. But then there's the other people who, who do, and they're not allowed. They're like, they're really timed, you know, like, and I would, I would fall into that. I was always a timed employee. And I get it that when there are shifts in a workforce and, Every person has a role in that shift. It makes it more difficult. But still, the the ability to say, you know what? One day I'm going to come in a little later and not have anybody bark at you. That's the kind of work culture that is is it's evolving too, I think, just because more young people are taking positions of power in these companies. But it's something that has never made me feel good about working at a place. Yeah, I, I hate that. I would specifically not want to get promoted because I didn't want to change my schedule. I always wanted to be 
kind of like on the low key where I wasn't necessary. And then I ended up doing the job that no one else <laughs> knew how to do in the, in the damn company, which is how I think most people who end up doing jobs like that start just trying to be trying as to be low, key. low key as possible. <laughs> and like somehow they're like, oh, she's trustworthy. Have her do it. She's always here. She's always, you know, not yeah. causing anything. Well, show up late every now and again and people will be less. I, I never <laughs> did. I Like, seriously, I can tell you, I think I had like one tardy. Yeah. Well, and that, I think that goes to the fact that you and I and a lot of people our age have a really strong work ethic just because we've had to, to work for money to pay bills for our entire adult lives. And, you know, that leaves an imprint on you when you have to work hard as a young person. And... I get it that a lot of young people want to kind of start at the top of their careers these days, but I think that's always been the case. And one way or another, people will either start at the bottom or try something new and create a different career altogether. And I think that the whole influencer notion that the ability for normal people like you and I to just create content, and have that viewed by people that's a whole thing that people didn't have available yeah. to 10, 10 20 years ago that's true you you didn't have the ability to do any of that you would just what would you need to do you would need to have like a group of people that would just follow you around <laughs> and yeah it, it was nearly impossible to monetize or i guess publicize things like that because there was not youtube or yeah things TikTok things that a lot of people will see that are free basically or the cost of ads yeah I mean even right now I've been listening to I'm sure a lot of people have been listening to this podcast <laughs> it's called the girls next level <laughs> which is the girls from the girls next door but they kind of talk about how back in the day there like even in the early 2000s there wasn't any way to get famous and that's why they wanted to get on playboy you know yeah you just Take your clothes off and that's one way. That, yeah, that really was one of the easier ways, I guess. Yeah. And they're not saying that that wasn't what they were trying to do. You know, they're they, they are fully aware. <laughs> okay, the, the next uh, quiet quitting sign is reduction in productivity. Uh, yeah, I, again, I'm speaking of the mindset that I want to work less with the notion that I still think I can maintain the same level of production in 35 hours that I do in 40 or 45 or 50. And that's a hard argument for a company to make or accept, I guess. And I don't know, I, I feel very strongly about it. And I try to work as little <laughs> as possible. But in that time that I'm working work, get as much productivity done. So there has to be that at the end of the day. I almost feel like companies should try and adopt some sort of incentive of, hey, if you're able to do your work in like this amount of work and these amount of hours and you can actually have this, these five hours off. Yeah. I just feel like companies wouldn't pay the people who are actually hourly. They wouldn't want to pay them. <laughs> yeah. That opens up a whole can of payroll worms. Mm -hmm. it, I don't know a way around this is the problem. Other than making everyone's salary yeah if everybody were salary then 
the notion of an hourly employee and being tied to those hours would would certainly be different but still a lot of those employees would still have to work pretty set hours just due to the nature of business yeah and i don't know i don't think that's going to change too soon but the culture itself can change very quickly just based on turnover and younger people becoming managers and saying you know what my dad was a slave to kodak for <laughs> 60 years or whatever yeah <laughs> let's just say and he lived the american dream and died two days after he retired yeah do, do so i want tragic. that to be my life no <laughs> no and you know obviously you don't have to choose that specific scenario but it's crazy how many people worked way harder than they needed to or sh probably should for their entire lives and then once they decided to finally retire their body just quit that's really sad to just like the idea of waiting all your life to just not do anything because <laughs> yeah. like really you didn't want to be doing any of that yeah you, know? you just it's didn't like, want so to sad. exist at that point like, yeah i mean because the more you do things that you don't want to do the more you know you hate doing everything else yeah everything else <laughs> suffers so it, there's this whole downward spiral that i would like to avoid and i don't know i don't see myself working at this job the rest of my life well no i don't think anyone does <laughs> not not that kind of job some people do there are some people there who are like i'm a lifer you know this is oh. this is what i'm going to be doing and and that's good enough for me and and that's cool but I still think that I devote way too much of my day, of my week, of my month, of my year to this job that has me by the balls as far, or ball, sorry, I only have one, but it's got me by the ball with regards to mortgage paying the bills. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to have an income. And then the other saddest part for me is the whole, like, insurance and you, oh, oh you gotta have this gotta have that you have to have these things to buy into the american dream quote unquote and they end up committing you to a life of servitude in a lot of cases the next one is less contribution to team projects that to me is an example of quiet quitting it's like well you know i could dive right in and be like you know what buddy let's figure this out Let's come up with a really creative way to solve this problem. Only I know at the end of the day, that method that I devise wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah. And that time would be wasted and I would be frustrated at the end of the day. So that's a shitty realization to make, but it's a very real, <laughs> very small, but real reason why people resent working for companies. When I was working I mean, I worked there for so many years. I never provided input. Well, One, because it wouldn't have been valued, right? No, not at all. Or someone jumps on it or, you know, what usually happens, like some bitch takes credit for it or <laughs> or some other supervisor takes credit for your input. Or mm -hmm. It's just what you do your work. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. And the other the other reason is like if it was a teamwork situation, I, I'm just such a loner. I really just don't want to work with people. Like, give me my part and I'll do it. Yeah. But leave me alone. Like, why are we doing this as a teamwork? <clears throat> and I mean that mainly I don't want to be around people 
in a work environment because those are people you don't choose to be around with. Those are just usually assholes (laughs) that you just would rather not hang out with. I'll be honest. You have a very unique work history where you've worked mostly in these big office buildings (laughs) with, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like you get the entry level corporate people who are just starting out their life and you get kind of the lifers who are in that world and they're just like well this is it yeah it's so much easier that's why i'm saying it's so much easier to say you're a lifer in that kind of corporation because it's a big financial corporation as opposed to like you know the job that you have that's like it's a smaller company and like people don't know if it's going to continue but, you know, like, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. something that can be iffy, whereas, like, a big call center area corporation, it'll be around for longer. That's what I meant when it's like, okay, well, well you can be a lifer with that big a company. And to me, those types of companies breed mediocrity. It's like yeah. the the race to the middle, the people in the middle who are not causing a fuss, who are not at the bottom sucking the stats up who are not at the top being all hey high fivey look at me those are the people who are just like the bread and butter of those places and if uh if you can be a middle person then then that's great that's probably the best place to go those people have been quiet quitting their entire lives i i'm not gonna say who he is but (laughs) once told me that he provides like he's an engineer and he provides maybe like one solution every other every other month or so he's like it it doesn't matter i do nothing he's a cog in the machine Uh uh-huh and all he cares like what where he's gonna be sitting and stuff (laughs) it becomes more of a social yeah it's like it it's fascinating to me like what it does to people and like what people focus on because for me it's like where can I become invisible? And yet it never fucking happened. (laughs) You're always the one person project. Yeah. And I would come in like at one point I was, well, when, when the whole pandemic happened, I was coming in at four, leaving at one, I would leave at one. Everybody would be like, where are you going? Where are you going? I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) So yeah, I started like sneaking to aisles where people wouldn't see me and stuff like i really (laughs) did try to be super low-key but it still wouldn't work people want to know people are nosy well let's see another what were you gonna say you're you were clearly not cut out for that lifestyle (laughs) yeah i was such a bitch i just like (laughs) oh oh i hated talking to people (laughs) i'm like i i would never even smile at people oh (laughs) let's see not participating in planning or meetings and lack of passion or in, or enthusiasm. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I quiet quit it for years because yeah. I like in meetings, I would just not even <laughs> unless there was like a snack then I might, you know, grab a snack there. But for the most part, I was vegetarian the whole time or a keto. So there was always restrictions. I couldn't eat anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bummer. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's why you hated talking to people because you were just angry at having to eat keto and and vegetarian so restrictive no you just wanted a friggin hamburger maybe (laughs) it's possible but it wasn't when i was keto when i was keto i was just not feeling well but when i was vegetarian yeah i guess there could have (laughs) been burger lust maybe (laughs) (laughs) maybe i think the last few years 
Imagine craving and now giving it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Oh, I have willpower, I guess, for years. <laughs> well, you can have burgers whenever you want now. Burgers. Cheeseburgers. <laughs> mm. I mean, what about you? What In meetings, you just told us that you don't participate in meetings. Well, I do participate in meetings to a certain extent. I have tried to clearly define my roles at my company, and that's always very difficult because <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to sound like a dick, but I have a lot of skills. I know a lot of different softwares, and that ends up meaning, oh, well, you know how to do this. You mind doing this for us? Every department has one of those types of requests. And, you know, very often there's zero buy-in from the department beyond like, hey, I thought about this. Go make it happen. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not going to participate in a situation where I'm, I'm chasing my tail and I've done this. I've tried to push the ball forward stupidly and been like, oh, well, you know, you mentioned this. Let's try to get this on on wheels and going it's like oh oh yeah okay well i'll get to it oh well let's let's reschedule oh, oh this that came up and i'm like well okay clearly this is not a priority yeah so yeah i, I do participate when it's appropriate but i guess i'm guarded about it i think that you're within your rights to do that because at the end of the day you have your tasks that have been assigned that they really want you to do and focus on and anything above and beyond that they clearly are not interested <laughs> and i think i, uh, I kind of have the luxury as well of being the only person at the company that has all of the skills that i have or that does the job you do whatever your job is anyway because you, you do a lot of different yeah. things even like the random meetings that you take and stuff it's yeah i i have my hands in a lot of things mm -hmm. foolishly all right well there, there's also a couple uh signs of quiet firing let me run through them real quick and then you give me your opinion okay? so before you do this is just so i'm clear quiet firing is from the company's perspective where they stop giving you support or something like that so just like quiet quitting quiet firing is something that has been going on for years and addresses the other side of employer employee relationship Quiet firing refers to the managers making a job miserable or treating <laughs> yeah, an employee badly. This way the person quits instead of being fired. Examples of how an employer may treat an employee during quiet firing include no raises or small raises, uh, limited time off. I mean, that's everywhere. Increase in workload, but not increase in pay. Mm-hmm. Demand for employee to work after hours, reduce hours, micromanaging, or sorry, not involving or leaving the employee out of the loop, failure to meet with employee, lack of respect, and low pay. All of these were done <laughs> at my that, job as well. It sounds like the MO of your job, your <laughs> yeah. ex job. That and is. even worse, uh, allow sexual harassment as yeah. well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that to me is just like, a shitty culture and if a company is is interested in doing that as a means of getting rid of employees because here's the insidious part if the employee quits they don't have to pay them unemployment insurance and or they don't have to pay them unemployment from the insurance that they pay into so it's i guess a way of saving the company money while getting rid of a problem 
but the most passive aggressive ass way of doing it it seems like that's the way people do it now yeah any culture that fosters that kind of employee relations with employer relations with employees is is probably a shitty place to work overall yeah because why is the supervisor taking upon themselves to be the ones that fire and create this disaster for this person who works there like the supervisor is not the one who's paying you out of pocket so like what's it what's up with that you know like why would the supervisor go through all that or to make you quit <laughs> quit in general yeah mm -hmm. instead of just like i guess it comes down to how passive aggressive that boss or manager is and if that's part of the culture at wherever you're gonna work yeah it's it's pretty heavy but at the end of the day is the result of people doing shit they don't want to do because no one's happy doing those jobs no one is yeah and you know there's millions of jobs that people are unhappy doing and i don't know it's not like you can just go out and say you know what i'm gonna change careers and do this and be a biochemist or yeah. <laughs> whatever it's any career switch takes a lot of momentum change and you know that might mean a month two months three months four without a paycheck in certain cases or something like that so like there's all kinds of grave warnings or <laughs> things around the corner for any worker already and adding more responsibility and less benefits is just ratcheting up the tension on the collective workforce and until something changes on a cultural level you know nationally or internationally then we're probably screwed yeah i mean this is just a result of how people are being treated People are getting tired and in many cases, they just don't have the energy to do all these extra things that they're being asked to do or they're completely dropping the ball because at the end of my job, I know that I dropped the ball and I, I just couldn't even, you know, it just had, a lot had happened and it was a pretty long time that I worked for that company. So I was done. I did quiet quit and they did quiet fire me. Yeah, <laughs> it was a... A mutual thing i guess yeah it was end. like a divorce it was like a it was. Uh, what do you call it Am uh, amicable amicable divorce <laughs> so i don't know if any of you are thinking about actually quitting or if you're actively quiet quitting but i'd love to hear your take on this see if you have any real world experience i shared you my quiet quitting experiences <laughs> with my job so yeah let's hear what you got to say and remember to check out the show notes for Tanner's new music. I'll link it down in the show notes. And you can also check out our social media and leave us any comments on any of our posts on Instagram or Facebook. So thank you for listening. We hope to see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.